God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God sound like? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when did God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially the Bible is a collection of God conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident, and I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that dream or that thought was actually just me thinking about, oh, I just had some bad pizza? Jesus said we'd recognise his voice and follow him. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Godconversations.com Some of the most difficult times to hear God's voice is when we're in the throes of making a big decision. Shall I take this job? Or who will I marry? Or will we have children? Each of these areas have life-changing consequences. They tug at our heartstrings and usually our emotions are deeply invested. That makes hearing God in these areas fraught with difficulty to the point where some people say you shouldn't even try to hear from God for them. On the podcast, we've already talked about how to hear God's voice for marriage. Episode 29 sort of talks about the wisdom in that area. But today we're talking with someone who's heard God speak about two other highly sensitive areas in life, career and children. Hi, and welcome to episode 32 of the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, speaker, and founder of this ministry that equips you to recognize and respond to God's voice. Today, we're privileged to have Pastor Lisa Woods on the show to talk about the topic of hearing God in the big decisions. Lisa is a senior pastor of Wheatland District Church in northwest Victoria, along with her husband, Dion. She's worked as a school chaplain in the local secondary school, a youth pastor in the church, as well as being the local member of the Shire, the youngest ever counsellor to be elected to this position. She's a young woman who's passionate about working with people from all walks of life and seeing them rise to their God-given potential. But she's here today on the show because she's heard God speak for two big decisions. First of all, a job, and secondly, a baby. I know you're going to love her story, and I know it's going to help you as you seek to hear God's voice on those big decisions in your life. Lisa Woods, great to have you on the podcast today. It's so been such an amazing weekend. We're down in mm. Warwickville, mm-hmm. and people might ask, where on earth is <laughs> Warwickville? And you would say it is the centre? It's the epicentre of the universe, that's correct. If you type it into Google, you'll notice a red drop pin, and that just flashes and... It's okay. Not everybody gets that. But yes, Warwickville's I've been trying to universe. work out how it is it's the centre of the universe, but it doesn't we, work when I, I Google it. I think you're too intelligent. We can usually get some people <laughs> with that one. But 10 points. You can actually pronounce Warwickville. Yeah. You would not believe what, what how are, many pronunciations we get. Well, we can we, give me one of them. Well, the funniest one would be a guest preacher that came and said, good morning, church. It is so good to be here with you in this blessed town of Warrnambool. And the whole church (laughs) went silent because, of course, Warrnambool is a town about four hours south of us on the beach. And I think he didn't realise why the joke didn't work until we said later, this is Warwicknabeel. One of our close pastors also calls it Warwicknabeel because she's Scottish. So, But if you're a local... Actually, for those of our non-Australian listeners, of which Mm -hmm. we have a number... You will think it's an unusual name for a place, but it is an Indigenous name, isn't it? It is. is, Do you know what it means? Meaning the two big trees by the creek. There you go. That's the loose 
So we are in Warwick-Nabil where the two, mm-hmm. there's more than two big trees. Two big trees by the creek. But it's yes. actually in the <laughs> centre of the Wheatland District of Victoria, Australia. So in this area there's lots of wheat. It's very mm-hmm. flat, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and lots of farming areas. And so. this shire that we're in produces the bulk of the wheat in Victoria. So it is a massive wheat belt here. And at this time of the year, it's not uncommon to drive around in the evening and just see tractor lights everywhere. As that was amazing to me. Yeah. yeah. Putting their crops in. It's so pitch black. In, and you see these mm. big yellow lights in the distance and you know yep. that's a... A tractor. Yeah. What's the right word for it? It is tractor, yeah. I'm very excited because I'm, I'm going on a big tractor this afternoon. You are, you'll love it. <laughs> I'm finding my inner farmer girl. Yes. But um, it's known for its wheat producing. And I know that on Sunday, yesterday, I preached in church and all the farmers were very happy because they had mm. about 12 millimetres of rain. Yeah, which is huge. So, so we haven't had, two last years have been droughts for widespread across our community, if not our whole state of Victoria. Um, but this rain fell in season at the right time and looked as though most areas represented within our church got a good spread. So Which is wonderful. we're pretty thankful. Our farm is 60 kilometres from the church and got a good fall of rain. So praise God, we were praying for the rain Yeah, and it came. It's a very real thing, isn't it, the farming mm. and harvest, harvesting yep. thing here. But I've been here for the weekend and, um, as I mentioned, Lisa is the pastor of Wheatland District Church, been pastoring now for about 18 months, is that correct, at the church? I reckon it's about two years about now. Two years. Yeah. was a youth pastor previously and... Um, it's just so great to have Lisa on the podcast. She's been a good friend. I first met Lisa, I think about five years ago when I came to the church yep. and I stayed with them and they were the youth pastors at the time and I met Zena the cat who was a <laughs> rescue cat from, the, cat, from yeah. the field <laughs> and um, we connected and I've come back three or four times since. Um, so we had a great weekend. We had a women's evening and then ah. yesterday, no, Saturday morning we had a community and business leaders yep. brunch. And then we had a lot of local people come along, which we was did, fabulous. yeah, lots of business represented, which was so good to see that a church could actually have an event that not just church people went to. Oh, and the feedback so encouraging. Definitely yeah. do that again. I know the florist was really blessed mm. to have someone think of yeah. her outside of. Yep just the Monday to Friday. So, but we want to talk to you today, Lisa, about your God Conversations journey sure. because you've had a few significant things happen in your life where the Holy Spirit has really spoken to you. Mm. And I think of the most recent one that um, how you came to be the senior pastor of yep. Wheatland. And I think that Lisa is um, quite unusual in that <laughs> her husband, who his name's Dion, is gorgeous man. They pastored together, but Lisa um, has a lot of the visionary part of the church in her hands and she's also quite youthful. <laughs> I like to think she's so. Like, yes. she's like, how old? I don't know. Low, I won't <laughs> say too much, but she's young for and, and young and female and that's unusual for mm-hmm. this part of the world particularly, I'd say. But yeah. tell us a little bit about how God spoke to you about being the pastor mm, of Wheatland. Sure. So the abridged version would be in high school, I wanted to be a lawyer that owned two mobile phones and lived in Sydney. So I did two mobile phones. Two, yeah. I thought I was going to be so important that I'd have a personal one and a work one that they would pay for, <laughs> of course. Um, but during that journey of university, I ended up working as a full time youth worker. That's how I got into secular youth work. That's how I got into ministry working as youth. But never, ever, 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 ever in my wildest dreams thought I would ever be pastoring a church until I drove into town one day. And there's a Chris Tomlin song, I think it's Chris Tomlin, it says, you're the God of this city. I remember coming over the hill, there is no hills, there is just one slight rise, coming over the rise, seeing our town ahead of me and that 
at that point, you're the God of this city and greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. And I just knew that God was speaking to me. And I thought, wow, that's, that's cool. I can help out God. No worries. And then um, our senior pastor left the church and we were unable to find somebody. So being the only credentialed minister, the board said, look, could you stand in, run things? I thought, yeah, we can run things. Like I can. And you were youth pastoring at the time, obviously. Youth pastor, yeah. Yep. So I thought, well, how hard can it be? You know, Friday night with the punks, Sunday, it was very different, let's be honest. Um, so during that time, though, there was it was good for the church. It was really good. We banded together. We pulled together because we had to. We had to come together. And in the meantime, there was a committee looking for another pastor. There Is was. The yep, yep. And so I had the job of talking to one of the applicants who was coming to look at the church. And I remember being on the phone and he asking me all these questions about the church and I felt that I had sold the church to myself. I had not realised just how good our church was until I was actively selling it to somebody yes. else. At which point he said, my goodness, your church is epic. And I said, I, I know it is. I definitely know it is. Anyway, he said, I'm going to talk to my wife about this. And so I'm giving you the real sped up version because this could go on forever. But he said, Look, I'm going to talk to my wife about this. I really think this is for us. But during this whole process, I was feeling as though my husband and I should be pastoring the church, but my husband wasn't feeling that. And I thought, God, if you want us to do this, you have to speak pretty clear. Like, I mean, big clear so that Dion hears this clearly. Dion's my husband. Anyway, we thought we were off the hook. We thought that this guy was going to come across. He was going to pastor with his wife. It all sounded amazing. He went home that night and with his wife went to prayer and God said to him, you are not to take on this church, Lisa and her husband, Dean, are. Now, they're pretty close. Dean, Dion, wasn't too bad. He oh, so me, he didn't even know Dion's name. He had no idea who he was. He rings me the next day and he says, Lisa, is your husband called Dean? And I says, Dion. And he goes, okay, this is what I'm going to tell you. This is the most awkward thing I've ever had to say to somebody. But when God tells you something, you just share it. And I was like, yeah, go for it. What's, what's happening? And he said, God said, my wife and I are not to take on this church you and your husband, Dion. And I said, it's Dion. <laughs> Dion. That's cool. He was hard that. of hearing you at the Dion yeah. part. And so then he said, so it was really nice knowing you. Great, hang up the phone. And I'm thinking, so Uh-oh. now what I do? Do I ring So Dion? you had already felt in your heart. <laughs> I had and had expressed it to Dion. He said, look, I don't think so. There's okay. people looking for a church. Okay. Let's just let it go So this was road. a confirmation for you. It was too. for me, huge. Mm. So before I rang my own husband, I rang the senior pastor of the church down the road, who's our mentor, and I said, oh, my goodness, I I have to tell you something. And he said, tell me. And then he said, but, Lisa, I need to start with telling you something first. And I said, oh, cool, yeah, because he'd been on holidays. And he said, Lisa, while I was away, God told me to tell you to stop looking for a pastor for your church because you and your husband have to take it on. And I was silent and I mean, I'm half German, half a chain. I'm never silent. I'm never sure. <laughs> and I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I'm going, oh, oh, is, oh. And he says, is that okay? And I said, well, actually what I'm ringing about is to tell you that the gentleman that we had set up, this and this and everything else, and now the second time in 24 hours God has said this, perhaps I should ring my husband. And so, of course, I rang Dion who said, well, when God speaks, we listen Let's go on the journey. So it was a little mm. bit crazy because it didn't. I love that about your husband. It wasn't, he was, yeah. Mm. I was kind of like, Dion, if I had have said this, would you have listened? But anyway, God knew that it needed to come. 
Uh, I think that the most magnificent thing about that story is how God spoke to multiple people. He did, definitely. And multiple yeah. times. And I, I think that happens mm. with a big decision. You know, yeah. some people are like, oh, I don't know if this is God or not mm. and this is something perhaps I wouldn't normally choose because you weren't naturally going mm. down that path until yeah. God spoke to you. But then look what he did. He mm. spoke to those key players. And, you know, before we announced it to the church, there was a good couple in our church we were in our Monday evening prayer meeting and we were actively praying for the new pastors of the church, which is a great thing to do. Having said that, we knew that was us. It just wasn't the time to announce it to the church. Yes. And this one man said he was praying his heart out and God said, open your eyes and you'll see the new pastors. He opened his eyes and Dion and I were right in front of him and he said, thank you, Lord, I just pray for Dion and Lisa, just like that. So I remember that we went to go and say, we just want to have a chat with you and your wife. And he goes, it's okay, guys. We know that you're the new pastors of the church. Mm. And I just said, what? And you'd think by now that we would have an appreciation that God is able to speak and he speaks to a lot of people. But I guess it was really, it was just a huge moment that we were going, God, you're telling everybody else even? We don't even have to tell people? The intercessors knew before we did. Half the church knew before we did and were praying. And it got to the point where people were saying, why don't you guys take on the church? And we're like, because... Because we're young and, and we don't know what to do. But and I, I, I know think God that, just needs willing people. Yeah, that, that beautiful confirmation amongst the community mm. then seals something. Oh, big time. And I, I think perhaps too, I, I wonder, you know, it was an unusual, well, maybe not unusual because I think you were obvious from the beginning. I mm. thought, well, why are you even asking someone And you did say else? that on one of yeah, your trips. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was like... What what is what are we going through this process for? But anyway, um, but also it's a little bit out of the box, mm. and you are younger than most pastors. Yeah, and you know, having said that, and I've said this yesterday in church, you have incredible maturity and spiritual wisdom on you, and you sold out for the kingdom. There's, there's so much obviously, you know, ministry gifting there. Mm. But I think sometimes too, when 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 by nature it seems to be an unusual choice and God often gives even more confirmation just to mm. give that real seal, I'm on this. Yeah. And they're doing, you're doing such a great job. Mm. What's you. it been like? Maybe what's what's the big thing you've learned over the last two years having oh, taken wow. the church on? I would have to say we have learnt a lot and I mean a lot. The hardest thing would have been, and I remember we we probably spoke about this, that the day after we took on the church, we lost around about 20 people from the church straight away. Yikes. But by God's grace, we more than gained all of them back within the first year. But what I learned was we didn't lose those people because I'm female. So the biggest thing that I had to learn was to get past the fact that I was a female and to get onto the point that I was qualified and to think, do you know what? Any pastor that would have come into our church would have lost people. Mm. So I was getting a little bit fed up with people banding around, it's because you're female, it's because you're female, it's because you're female. And I remember, this is a slight change of subject, when I was elected to our local government four years ago, ours is punching above its weight in terms of female representation across the state. And I remember someone saying, oh, you must have really sympathetic ratepayers that they would vote in so many women. And I said... On the contrary, I think we have very intelligent ratepayers who have voted in people on their merits, be they male or female. They clearly have something to offer. That's why we're at the table. I have no time for people who tell me to burn bras and to do all these other stupid things because it's to me 
there's neither male nor female. It's people who are committed and mm. sold out to the vision. Mm. And we, you know what, I have no idea what it is that I love about our town so much. What I think is that I'm in the dead centre of God's will for our life. Yes. And that that is why we love, you know, my mum said to me growing up, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. So we moved to this town. We chose to put our roots down here. I chose to join the Country Women's Association. <laughs> I can make award-winning scones. Well I done. I haven't prize. had any. Oh, you haven't out. had my lemon. No. I made lemon butter. It got second prize at the show last year. I always get pipped by a 70-year-old woman who makes amazing lemon butter. Sad to say I think I'll probably have to wait till she goes to her grave to get the blue ribbon. Yeah. But, you know, country life's awesome. It's so good. People yeah. are friendly. We love it. It's not without its challenges, but my biggest thing to answer your question about ministry was to get past what everybody else thought is the problem, is that you're female, and to just say, you know what, God, I just love you. I want to serve you. I want to do whatever it is that I can in my town for yes, you. I love you. And we're slowly breaking down barriers. But the funniest thing was my first minister's fraternal meeting where all the pastors from the local churches come together and I was sitting at a table with six men who all had the shade of grey for their hair, who were wearing lovely suits at lunchtime. And I came in skinny jeans, Converse shoes and a hoodie because I was six months pregnant and nothing else fit. They're all drinking red wine. I order a Diet Coke and I'm saying, so what's God doing in your churches? And they all but (laughs) ignored me because they were like, who is this? Who is this person sitting at that table? <laughs> Bit of a culture but clash there. It is. But look, oh, they're probably the loving now. It is now. Now we have great relationships. Our church has always had good relationships. I think even for them it was a huge thing to realise, wow, women, yeah. really? Yeah. But where we're at now, our churches work together. It's awesome. I think um, I think the thing is there's always an excuse if you look for one. There's always some oh, yeah. limiting factor you're too young you're too old you're too mm. male you're too female you're too yeah. uneducated you're too and and people often you know find something mm. but it's about pressing into God and what is your purpose for me and then watch God create that pathway yeah. that's great Lisa we're going to talk more about hearing God for another big decision in life straight after this break When Jesus walked the earth, he said his people could recognise his voice and follow it, and that we've been given his spirit to speak to us wherever we go. That means hearing the voice of the spirit is even better than having a coffee with Jesus. Yet so many of us do not experience his voice that way. What does God sound like? And how can we know if it's him speaking? That's why my team and I have developed a whole range of online resources that will help you in your God Conversations journey. There's blog articles, podcast videos, and an ebook designed to equip you to recognize God's voice. And they're all available free at godconversations.com. Become a part of the growing community that hears God's voice and follows it by signing up to the blog today and receiving fortnightly updates straight to your inbox. God wants to speak to you today clearly and personally. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. You've gone through another um, another life change, I guess, in the last few months, and I know that there's a story behind little Joshua, mm. who is now three and a half months old and yeah. just a gorgeous little baby. Uh, but there is a God conversation story behind that. Can you tell us a little bit mm. about that one? Because I think, you know, I recently was doing some teaching both on a, a blog and in 
a sermon just about how hard it is to hear God's voice on those really sensitive areas mm. like relationships yeah. and health and babies. Mm. And your story, I think, can give some wisdom in that mm. area as well. Well, it's interesting because we, so we're coming up 11 years of marriage. Oh my goodness, high fives. And we had been trying for years to conceive and nothing was happening. But I, I always thought that I'd had this promise from God that we would have a family. But I guess after so long, I thought maybe I made it up. Maybe it was just me. Maybe I was dreaming. I went through a patch of quite severe anxiety where I just, anyone around me who had a baby or announced they were having a baby or were talking about their babies just set me off in mm. a big way. Mm. And it was, it was a real issue because I just thought, well, God, I don't actually know if I can trust you anymore. It was a huge issue in my personal life until it was a lady in our church who went on a missions trip from Warwickville to the Solomon Islands and God woke her at 2 o'clock in the morning and said, you need to tell this to Dion and Lisa. She had just had a vivid dream that she was at a birthday party for our one-year-old son at a local park and the way she described it in such detail is we even felt we were there with her. She came back and she said, God, is this someone in your I, church? There's someone in our church, yeah. And she said, God, I, I, how can I share this with a couple who are so obviously struggling to conceive? What if it's not from you? But she realised. Yeah, that's a tough one because you don't want to raise false hope. But she said, she said it was really interesting in that she obviously ran it past our senior pastor at the time. She did all the right things. But she said she was convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was God and she was, she was kind of like, oh, do I tell them that it was a boy or a girl? Do I not? But she said she went, she just said, I'm going to tell them exactly what happened and leave it with them. And it was around the time, I suppose, where we needed our biggest shot of encouragement. And it came from her because I think had God awoken me at two o'clock in the morning, I would have said, go away and rolled over and gone back to sleep. Well, yeah, because you could, it was your natural dream. Yeah. So you could yeah. have been dreaming about making it up. Yeah. a little child, you were, you're longing <laughs> mm. and that's projected, whereas yeah. when it comes from someone else who's completely mm. not inside your mm. head. Yeah. And also my mother-in-law had a dream about it and she knew that we would be having a boy. I knew that we were having a boy. Um, it was an intercessor in our church that knitted a rug with a blue ribbon and she said, this is highly confidential but I know you're having a boy. And, I mean, God even spoke to them about the way that Josh would be born and where he would be born. And these ladies knew all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, oh So how could God. you trust that? Uh, just to play mm. the sceptic for a moment, um, as, again, the ladies in your church all want you to be pregnant. Yes, they right. all want you to because, yeah. you know, we love babies. Mm. And that's a big thing, I think, to prophesy that into someone. I know some churches who would say, you know, we don't prophesy about marriage and babies. Hmm. And I can see why because there's hmm. there's some damage that can be from that. Yeah. Did you trust what what was being hmm. promised? And I think I, I the reason I trusted these particular women was because of the runs on the board that I'd seen in their life. Right. So either for me previously they might have um, had a word of encouragement or a word of knowledge about something way less emotional than this and it was right at the time. And then it was also just confirming something that I had felt in my spirit and to hear it, I guess, from people, which is not to say that God can't speak to somebody on the street who can encourage you, but for me, mm -hmm. I think it needed to come from certain people with a certain relationship with me that I realised it's nothing but God. It mm. has to be God. Mm. Um, and there's certainly far more to this topic than what I'm mm. able to share in a brief amount mm. of time. You can actually probably hear my son 
crying now, which is kind of funny. He's probably thinking, she's talking about me, but I'm not with her. He's in the um, background. I want to be is. on the podcast Yeah, yeah, too. I want to be famous too. But he woke up to hear you preach at church yesterday. So, I mean, <laughs> there you that's go. one thing. And then he cracked it. So Smart I boy. Yeah, but, it, but I think, you know, the idea that God would speak to me about something so personal, I can't comprehend that. I just think, how is it that there's however many people walking on planet Earth today, yet God sees the biggest issues in my life and also the other not so big issues, but that God will speak into all of those things and encourage me? It blows me away. And then we see Joshua and we go, oh my gosh, you are so miraculous. Like, how do we, I can't even comprehend it. And I think 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 that is true that God wants to speak into those very personal Mm. areas of our lives. He he does. Mm. But as 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 we ask him those things, we have to be prepared to hear whatever he says. Yeah, and and also just to uh, how do I put this? Just under have a healthy skepticism mm. that we could be projecting our desires onto the, yeah. that screen. And I know you you have you see you have this incredible spiritual maturity in your life, and you've heard God's voice on other things mm. in your life, and you know what that's like, and you've walked the walk, and you're also committed no matter what happens, mm. I think, and that makes us, that puts us in a safer place. You know, if we're bargaining with God, give me this and I'll give <laughs> you this, this, that puts us in a dangerous place to hear God's voice. It really, it really yeah. does. I always think the test of hearing the thing that we want to hear is the ability to hear the thing that we don't want to hear. Yeah. And I've seen you hear the thing that you don't want to hear mm. and yet submit to that. And mm. so I think that positions you yeah. to be able to hear about those good things. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sharing with oh, us. Pleasure. Reverend Lisa Woods <laughs> and um, Dion, wherever you are out there, he's actually driving a big red truck right now. He lives, he the, he lives the boy's dream. He's yeah. got this massive it's a B double, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Big red shiny thing. <laughs> yeah, big red shiny thing. And um, he's such a good man, and and I thank you for having me over this weekend. Too. Oh, it's been a fabulous. And no look worries. out for these two. My goodness, Wheatland District Church. Mm. Mark that little red dot on your maps <laughs> because God is moving. Yes, Amen. <laughs> and thanks again for being with us today. No, my pleasure. God bless. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast by Tanya Harris. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. So post your comments on the blog page of godconversations.com or at facebook.com forward slash Tanya M. Harris. Help us to equip others to recognize God's voice by rating the series on iTunes. Remember, Jesus said we would know his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation.